hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the LB Fee Show, the one and only podcast featuring the one and only Long Beach State Athletics Director, Andy Fee. As always, this show is hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my right, Mike Arabasio. What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is the LB Fee Show, dropping every other week as it has been all year, your one and only place to talk Long Beach State sports with the man himself, Andy. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, uh, big week, huh? Big week, a lot of stuff going on here at Long Beach State. First of all, a belated happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and the entire Beach family who spent the morning together at Honda Center watching the Long Beach State men's basketball team beat a pretty good darn good team. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know, Nicole was with me on that one, and I didn't have to twist uh, her arm too bad to get her to go, but uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, just uh, an unbelievable game. Down 17, come back to win it. You know, Michael Carter hitting, you know, three free throws in a row with three seconds. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah. 66-65 over Providence. Uh, so when you're at a tournament like that or with a team from your school, What's it like when it's on a holiday? Is it any different than any other regular tournament that you're traveling with? Well, I, I think it's similar to, to most other tournaments. This is a unique one because obviously the, the, the distance is pretty short over right. to, uh, <laughs> to the convention center. But it's still a great experience. You know, on uh, Saturday, the team, uh, most of the team went over to Disneyland. Uh, some of those guys hadn't been there before, as, as crazy as it sounds. So, you know, there is a different feel to it. Um, you know, again, we, we had the uh, the ability to come back on Saturday to the dorms and guys could grab some things. <laughs> but, you know, you're in the team hotel, um, mm-hmm. so you're around all these other teams. Uh, you know, there's fans staying in the hotel. You're playing in a different place. So while there's some familiarity with it, uh, it still is a great experience. A lot of those big groups going out for Thanksgiving stuff, like if you're a fan traveling with a team on Thanksgiving, you probably are eating with the team or, or like a group of fans from the same place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll see them everywhere. I mean, for us, uh, we, we did uh, a team meal the night before, actually, uh, the night before Thanksgiving. So uh, the celebratory meal after the game was Roscoe's. Oh, and, nice. And uh, so the team was happy. Coaches were happy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a really cool thing. To, you know, you'll see everyone in you know their T-shirts for whatever school and – Everybody likes to kind of, you know, ask questions of each other. So it, it's a good experience and, and an opportunity to play in a, a caliber, high caliber tournament like that is a big deal. It's a 12th win over a Power Six conference for Long Beach State in the Dan Munson era. And he said something really important. I talked to him after the game and he was like, I'm really glad this group got rewarded with a win. They had a couple other, like the first game of the year against UCLA. A couple other games where they played pretty well for a while, maybe not a full 40 but played pretty well, but didn't get the victory. Did you see it in their faces? What a win like that means for for a young group. Yeah, you're looking for that 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 switch, the light bulb to go off. And in that game uh, against Providence, it did. Uh, you know, down 17, the battle back. It's going to be some ups and downs. You know, I think if you look back at uh, the, the Penn game, you know, I think we were tied at the half. And as, as, as Dan said after the game to the team, that's a really good team, Penn. They went into Providence and beat Providence at Providence. And a veteran team like that, they're going to be unhappy. They're going to be frustrated. But they're going to come out trying to, trying to land a, you know, a hook on you mm. to start the second half. And they did. They started on a 7-0 run. And uh, you know we didn't answer it. But a lot of that goes to youth and still a learning process. So I think they understand what it takes to, to play the 40 minutes. 
Um, but it's always easier said to, than you know to do it. Yeah. So I think that's what we're going to see this year, and I think they are growing, they're learning, and I think the trajectory is is going the right way. Yeah, they lost to Wake Forest in that semifinal game, and then lost to Penn the next day in the final game of the tournament. We also have to mention Michael Carter III scored a game-high 23 points in the win over Providence, also had three steals, three assists, and those three clutch free throws down the stretch after getting fouled on a three-point attempt. He averages uh, 17.7 uh, 17 points and uh, 5.3 assists in the three games of the Wooden Classic. And I, he, had a he had a great first half in the victory over Fresno Pacific, too. But this kind of seemed like the one game where he kind of put it all together. And it doesn't. It's not a coincidence that it also comes in the game where you say it looked like the light bulb went on for the entire team. Yeah, you know they played for each other in that game, and what that means is you you're, you are looking to create for your teammate. And when you're doing that, you're probably going to get better shots. You're not forcing things, and um, you know Mike did a great job when when he had to step up and, and make some shots and make some assists and get some rebounds. He did it, and w that's what you're looking for. You're looking for someone to step up and lead. And I think this team is going to have different games with different leaders. I think you're going to see other guys, uh, you know, it could be Drew Cobb or, you know, it could be Colin Slater, but uh, Mike definitely has the it factor. It's just, again, how quick is the light bulb going to go on consistently? Well, the fans will be able to see the home team at home at Walter Pyramid against Pacific 4 p.m. on Saturday. It's the teddy bear toss. So make sure you get your teddy bears ready to donate them to charity. Do they, are they going to throw those at halftime? That is a halftime okay. activity, yes. All right, yeah, so get ready, warm up. So I should yes. not throw them during the under-12 timeout? Nope, and we no. don't want anybody to pull their arm yeah. out. Halftime only. Don't aim at the referee. Halftime yeah. only, got it. Uh, stretch <laughs> and do it at the appropriate time. But that game against Pacific, Pacific's a pretty good team. They're 7-3 and three this year, and they've already uh, had a victory over another Big West team in UC Riverside. They did lose to Hawaii on the road, and uh, this is an old-school matchup, Long Beach State, before your time, Andy. Long Beach State <laughs> and Pacific were Big West rivals uh, for years. Tigers used to beat up on the beach in that uh, in that tournament uh, over there at the ACC yes. every year, man. Yeah, yes. Bob you and Thompson. I have some, you and I have some negative memories of Pacific. Bob Thompson, <laughs> yeah. The beach actually holds the edge in the all-time series of 56 wins. Um, Pacific has 39 wins. But that should be a really good test for this team. Uh, probably the best team that they would play at home other than San Diego in the preseason? Yeah, yeah, and hey, Damon Stoudemire, right? I mean, it yep. um, it'll be interesting to see what they're what they're going to do in the WCC, but we're excited to have uh, a game like this and hopefully the fans come out cuz they're going to see good 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 basketball for sure. That is not the only big time event happening in the pyramid. We got some playoff volleyball. I'm really excited about that. I have to say I was not expecting it. Uh, it sort of landed in my lap like a Christmas present today, but the women's volleyball team in the postseason, uh, this is kind of similar to the NIT for basketball, they're hosting the Women's National Invitational Volleyball Championship. Their first match will be Wednesday at 7 p.m. against Santa Clara, and then if they win that, they would play again on Thursday uh, looking to advance in the tournament. But uh, explain a little bit about this to us. What goes into hosting something like this? I know when the women's basketball team has done um, some of the non-NCAA postseason stuff, it sounds a little bit like a logistical nightmare to me <laughs> because you guys lock your schedules like a year ahead of time, and then it's like, hey, and we're going to do some playoffs here <laughs> on Wednesday. Yeah, so so obviously everybody's geared up to, uh, to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, and the way it works with the NIVC is the NCAA will make their selections. So they're waiting to see who is either selected or not selected. And so we were literally just waiting to see if, you know, Cal Poly was going to get in as the third uh, team into the NCAA tournament. And once they got in, um, the automatic 
uh, bid to the NIVC went to uh, to the fourth place team, which was a tie between us and Davis. Davis had the edge, so they got the automatic bid, but then we got an at-large. And um, what it comes down to is us willing to host. Um, you know, we, we want to participate in the postseason. We want to give our teams and student-athletes that opportunity. So one of the bonus things, I think, for us is is opening up the pyramid and having these uh, these matches. So, um, you know, you, you've got to submit a bid. You, you've got to find hotel rooms. You, I mean, you, 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 suddenly you're looking for, you know, serving pastimes. So right. it is a little bit of a, a, a challenge, but... It's a good it's a good problem to have. For sure. It's a challenge. I mean, and then this challenge happens in within twelve hours? Yes. Yeah, so so <laughs> Ashley Kite and the credit goes to Ashley Kite, our senior associate A D who uh, is the sports supervisor for women's volleyball. I mean, she did all of the work uh, in terms of communicating with the NIVC. Um, she was the one really trying to figure out the numbers game of, you know, are we gonna be able to get into this? And then when awarded, she's the one that has to make it all work. So, you know, I, you know, in, in terms of uh, looking back and reflecting on Thanksgiving, I'm very thankful to have Ashley Kite here. Uh, it's a very affordable event as well. You can find the link to the tickets page at longbeachstate.com right now. You can get into general admission for 15 bucks for both days. So that would inevitably be three games because they would play the two games on Wednesday and then the game on Thursday. Uh, you can also sit courtside for 20 bucks. That's pretty good. You got postseason volleyball in the mid. Check it out. Best, um, best volleyball venue on the West Coast? It is. Before we move on, I wanted to mention last week, we didn't get a chance to say it because we weren't having the show. Men's water polo had quite a performance at the uh, at the uh, GCC Men's Water Polo Championship, something they won last year when it was here. And then, of course, the home team would win it yeah. again. It's Pepperdine. The beach edged by the waves uh, in that final game. You were also there because, as we talked about on the last episode, you serve as um, – what, what's the title again? President. I'm the president yeah. of the, the president. GCC. He's very, the president, people. Very fancy. So was there any, uh, was there any <laughs> problems? Uh, there were no problems. Everyone okay, good. was relatively well-behaved. And, uh, you know, our, our team, um, they played so hard. And ultimately in that championship match – I mean, two possessions go a different way, and, you know, we're sitting here talking about the NCAA tournament up in Stockton, and Pepperdine's probably on on the outs. So, you know, very, very tough. uh, But I think what you've seen in the last two years is is Gavin has done a tremendous job building the program to the point where we are the the team coming out of the GCC. You know, there's always this talk about um, Pacific, you know, and and they're very good, and, and certainly they're in it, but... Um, I'm excited about the future, and, and Gavin, again, does a tremendous job. Moving on, talking about the women's basketball team, they also had a nice performance last week, that Thanksgiving week. They were up at Cal for the Cal Classic Tournament. They beat Penn State 64-56 to and then ended up losing to Cal in the championship game. Uh, nice, again, to see some wins over some big-name universities like that for these young teams. The sophomore Justina King came up big once again, looking like a real rising star for that program as uh, Jeff Kamen was on this show talking about her being. I'm very excited to see when Shanasia Davison comes back to see what that backcourt looks like uh, with all of the scoring ability, bringing the ball up for Long Beach State. Women's basketball team will be on the road at Santa Clara and at Seattle on Friday and Sunday this week. Those are uh, winnable games, too. They could definitely get a win at Seattle. And it's the end of a four-game road trip, so it'll be nice for them to get back uh, get back in the mid for some nice homecoming. Uh, we wanted to make sure we mentioned, before we get to our first special guest, 
is that we have all of this Long Beach State coverage in one spot. You go to the562.org and we've got the newsletter, the videos, the previews, the recaps, the photos, the Twitter updates, and the interaction. We want you to get involved at the562.org. We want you to be involved in this show as well. So hit us up with a message. All right, we now welcome on our special guest, women's volleyball head coach, now in her third season, Joy McKenzie-Fearbringer. Joy, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we mentioned it up top with Andy. Uh, we're very excited. You guys are hosting the Women's National Invitational Volleyball Championship, first couple rounds. This is for basketball fans, similar to the NIT, sort of the alternate tournament. You guys are going to be playing matches in the pyramid on Wednesday at 7 against Santa Clara, and then we hope on Thursday if you guys get through that one. Uh, how excited are you to get to continue your season? Uh, you know, like I, we were just talking about that, about this with our team. We're just so grateful for the opportunity that we have some type of postseason. Um, first of all, for our seniors who are, are playing great ball right now, we got KJ Norville, who's, you know, playing some of her best volleyball. And of course, Haley Harwood and Ari Joie has been playing great the whole season, but, um, it's a great opportunity for our younger players and to, to do some type of postseason after Thanksgiving and what, is, what does that feel like and, and get some extra games in. So we're just, you know, really grateful that we get an opportunity to compete. Your first postseason since taking over uh, here at the beach. And, yeah, you, you said it. Every team that's playing young players as you guys have been, I feel like always the coach always says something to JJ and I at the end of the season about, really wish we got another couple weeks. You know, like we're yeah. playing so much better now than we were in August. And that was certainly true for you guys with the way you finished the regular season with some big wins in conference. Um, do you feel like, who do you feel like it's bigger for, I guess? The seniors that get to extend their career by a week, which uh, when you come down in the mm -hmm. last match, you do anything for one more week, right? Or those freshmen, sophomores where you get to say, this is great, we're gonna bank another couple weeks of training, another couple weeks of practice. Yeah. Like who, the, who does that have the bigger impact on? Well, I think it has the biggest impact on our program uh, and that the younger players get this opportunity to do it. But, you know, for our seniors, it's it's their last hurrah to play together. So they're so fired up for it. But um, I, I think it's a benefit for our seniors because all three are going to go off to play professionally. I think uh, KJ and Ariel go pro play professionally indoors. And I think Haley's plan is to continue that on the beach. So I think this is you know, any type of post-competition is valuable, period. And then for our, our whole program, the younger players to get this opportunity is just going to help our, build our program. In terms of X's and O's, what do you think the biggest reason is for finishing so strong this season? You know, we're playing a lot better at the end of the season. I, I mean, I, I wish that we, like any other team, was, were playing great in the preseason. We had some injuries. But for us right now, and going into postseason, um, is staying healthy. Um, is key for us and then continuing what we're doing. I think at the end of the season we had a good little run um, and we're playing really good volleyball, but it's to continue that. Well, you, I mean, you mentioned uh, the injuries. You guys had sort of been playing two setters throughout the season, and one of them, you had other ideas about how you guys could get her involved. Tia Shavira uh, came back from that shoulder injury, was able to play some at outside hitter during those big wins. Um, are you excited about that as a coach, I guess, to get another week of prepping her at that position, being able to see that in a tournament setting? And, you know, I mean, it's, it's got to be useful for you and Matt and the rest of the coaches to be able to say, okay, now we get another clean look at what we have coming back for next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's great. You know, when Tia was released to actually, she was setting most of the time and got released to swing, it made a big difference in our offense. It was just kind of a piece. That's her position, really, is that right side position. The other kids are training in that position, but used to playing on the left. And I think uh, just to have her come out there and being such a good 
uh, volleyball player and who, who has a lot of knowledge playing that right side and also being a setter, it just changed our whole dynamic in our offense. So she's, uh, you know, she's, she's really the key to our, our offense that we're missing. And now we've kind of got this solid offense, you know, with Kashana and Katie or Avery on the outside and we got our middles are really playing well. And then, you know, to keep Tia healthy right now and, and have her swinging is, is key for us. Do you think, Tia's move was a surprise. Were you surprised that you guys played so well so quickly? Uh, I was a little bit surprised. I didn't expect it to happen so soon. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she was coming off an ankle injury, and she was trying to get her jump back, trying to get her swing back. And um, she trained for about two weeks just getting her jump back. That was really the key. She wasn't jumping very well from the, the ankle injury. And as soon as she, you know, got the opportunity, it, it's a funny story, too, because we told her, hey, Tia, you're not going to set this time. You're going to hit. And the smile on her face, she's like, <gasps> <laughs> And so I think deep in her heart is that that's her spot. You mm -hmm. know, she sets and, and has a good volleyball player. She can play that position, but she's deep in her heart. She's a hitter. I so. never believe any setter slash hitter, whether it's in high school or college, who tells me, yeah, I'd rather make a really great set than <laughs> yeah. OT somebody and bounce one into the 15th I, row. I don't I just know, don't I don't know that either. Yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> Who doesn't want to hit, you know? <laughs> Were there any other individual players this year that kind of stuck out to you that was maybe a little bit of a surprise? Uh, you know, I think the consistent play from Ari Jua. You know, Ari last year was good offensively, I think, but not as good of a blocker and had a hard time following kind of the – plan we were trying to do is going a little fast and she's just really on it she knows the game plan she knows the other teams uh and then you know I think different players have surprised me at different times I think the consistency of Kashana uh from a year ago till now and then of course just Haley in the backcourt just being you know she's just all over the place and she's consistent and and she comes in every day just never taking a day off so um, I'm surprised with that just because she's able to keep that level for, for such a long time. So do you, you took the program over in like a, a period of a big transition, obviously, when you are replacing a coach, you've been here for, you know, three decades. Um, and then you guys have had the injuries. You, you kind of had to rebuild through recruiting those first couple of years. Do you feel like you've got a great recruiting class signed for next year? You've got a healthy team. You know, you get to host these postseason matches. Does a part of you feel like the, the boulder you're always pushing against as a coach is, like, starting to roll a little bit? You know what I mean? Is this sort of yeah. where you guys had wanted to get to, I guess? Well, I feel like we're progressing. And I think in the very first year or so, I think it was tough because of the injuries. So it's hard to see your team progress when you're just trying to make sure everyone's healthy. And... Uh, we're very excited about the, the recruiting class coming in. I think we've got a lot of people that will fill the roles of the seniors. And then I love the core of the kids that we have right now. Our junior class, that will be the kids that will be juniors next year, um, they're just uh, how much they've learned about the game and following game plan and their knowledge about what's going on is where it needs to be. Now, We've still got to train and be physical and that sort of thing. But And then our freshmen just were great this year. We brought in a lot of good freshmen that uh, were able to contribute. Well, and this, I mean, you and I talked about this before the season. And you, you said you kind of fall in love with the process of the building and training young players. But as a coach, it does have to be a little bit like, 
yeah, see, the freshmen are good. And next year's freshmen are good, right? So you're yeah. like, okay, let's just sort of keep stacking this stuff on top of each other. But I know the, those first two years, I know they're frustrating for you guys. You know, it's like you do all that work, like you mentioned, and the boulder's not moving. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're still frustrated with close losses and stuff like that, you know? So I, we're very happy for you guys that you get to put a, a happier note on the end of the season, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think it's that is tough. It's tough not seeing that progression uh, – or even the progression and then knowing that the other teams are progressing too, right. you know, is that like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. are we progressing fast enough? Are we going to be where we need to be to, to, you know, be where we want to be at the end of the season. And so there's all those, you know, the puzzle, all the, you seem to pieces. really like this group. I like the makeup of the personalities in this group and every kid on this, in this group has earned a position and they're all on board. Um, I think sometimes through the transition, it's like getting to know the players and it's tough because you're trying to earn the respect of the players and get to know them. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes time, I think, building those relationships with the players. And that's one thing that I value is I think once you've built some relationships with them and you've got this working environment that works, they start to believe in what we're doing and they get on board and that sort of thing. So that's, the, I think, the, the tough thing about not just the training and getting the pieces all moving and, and and technically be good, but it's all those little things, right. um, you know, that are key for us. I think sounds like a group that would be fun on the road as well. Did you have a favorite road trip this season? Um, you know, we, I think our road trip to Florida was a great trip. Uh, we got to really spend a lot of time together on the road and got to know the girls, um, had some good matches there. I think one of the most memorable was just, us playing Florida, you know, we had a lot of, we probably had, I, and I don't totally recall, but probably four or five swings for match and lost 16-14 against them, but just to see where this group could be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they, uh, it actually opened their eyes too, knowing that they could, you know, take, take one of the top teams down. All right. Well, we're excited to get to see you guys one more time. Excited for you guys, excited the players, and excited for ourselves to get to see you guys Wednesday at 7 p.m. hosting Santa Clara to open up that Women's National Invitational Volleyball Championship. Joy, thanks for coming on the show, and good luck. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks to, again to Coach for coming on the show. we got Andy back in here. We're going to do our food recommendations like we do every other week. What does LB Nation need to be eating, Andy? Well, I, you know, I don't know if this fits the definition of food. I, I'm going to say it, it does. <laughs> and this is to kind of fall into the fall, winter, this time of the year. It's getting darker outside. I am going to go with hot chocolate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hot chocolate's food? What are you I talking mean, about? Of course. And I second that. It's one of the five major food groups, is it not? Correct. <laughs> Along with holiday cookies, right? So you know me. You holiday knocked cookies. down 40% of the major food groups, right? Correct. There. So, you know, I'm a big hot chocolate guy. And, uh, the, you know, this time of the year, it's a no-brainer. These two guys are just like Buddy the Elf. They're just eating <laughs> eating candy with everything. I, I like it. You know what's funny, Andy, is JJ's wife thinks that he has a sweet tooth. And every now and then he'll he'll sort of pass under. He's like, I don't have a sweet tooth. Yeah, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I got a few I can so run. Like, come to. over to Mike's house with me and look at the bowl of candy he has on the table a month and a half after <laughs> Halloween ended. True story. <laughs> Uh, my food recommendation is going to be uh, also dessert related, also holiday related. I don't know if you guys have ever had Pizzelles. 
They're Italian, like, wafer cookies. Yeah. Uh, they're made on – it's almost like a waffle iron. It's a press. Uh, my grandma used to make them. I've been – it's holidays. I've been missing my grandma a lot. So I bought a Pizzelle press oh, wow. off Amazon. And wow. so everyone in this room, producer Roger included, probably everyone I see – once I, I get back, we got a wedding out of town this weekend, and then I'm going to be back probably making like 15 plates a day for the remainder of December. I think. Isn't I'm that, excited. But yeah. the original yeah. one is not even sold in America? Like it's only sold I bought overseas. it from an Italian. I bought it from an Italian company, and I'm having it shipped. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean like the ones in the box. Like the original one in the box, I remember my grandma had to bring yes. them back from England because yes. yes. they actually don't – they J- didn't J- sell them J- in America. J- Forget about it. Yes. Right. <laughs> Come on. Yes. It is it. Yes, it's in the it's in the lineage. Yes. My my grandma would always turn her nose up at like the American Fazelle presses. So that's why I had to order an actual Italian one. I like it. Keep it in the family. Uh mine is a simple one. Uh my wife, Vanessa, made mac and cheese for our uh, friends giving. Yes. But it's adult mac and cheese, so it's like four what different types. <laughs> it's like four different types of cheese that cost more than twelve dollars. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought yeah. you said it was like pornographic mac and cheese or something. No. <laughs> so it's like what's adult mac and cheese? Stay, yeah. stay with me, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Kitty mac and cheese is for a dollar in a box. Right, okay. Adult yeah, mac yeah, and yeah. cheese is like $30 in a giant tray that went pretty quickly yeah, at the uh, Friendsgiving. Yeah, we brought back the empty tray, which is always a nice, nice – uh, yeah, it makes you feel good, you know. <laughs> it makes you feel like you, 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 put, you put the right thing on the table. Um, send us your food recommendation if you have one. I, I don't think anybody's going to get better than hot chocolate, though. Hot chocolate's pretty good. I I'm think good. that's going to be the winner. So we've got, we've got a standing seven nights a week hot chocolate order for my kids right now. We're, we're like, constantly buying more mini marshmallows to, to meet the demand. <laughs> it's difficult. Supply and demand chain is a little bit tricky right now. Like we said, <laughs> a lot of events coming up here at the beach this week, so call the box office if you want to get tickets, 562-985-4949. Also, the link to that volleyball tournament page where they have different types of tickets available is available at longbeachstate.com. So for Andy and for producer Roger and for everybody who helps get this show out to you each and every other week. We thank you, Long Beach, and we'll see you in the stands this weekend. Take care.